for joining us for VR Geek, where everyone is a geek about something, and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Ms. Shannon, so excited to be here recording at the 2022 version of the Convergence. Hello, yes. 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 It's so weird to do this in front of actual live bodies. You do it in front of dead bodies? We do. Well, no, there's a lot of, like, just a lot of, like, creepy figurines. Really what we do. <laughs> um, so our regular podcast life mate, Jane Satia, executive director of the Twin Cities Film Fest, could not make it today, but that is okay because I do have a fantastic first time guest geek on tonight's yeah. episode, Miss Don Kronowski, the incredibly talented, we'll say, actor, uh, voice actor, puppeteer, uh, puppet master, what, how, does that, how does that title go, Don? Oh, God, compliments my only weakness. Um, <laughs> Is that your kryptonite? <laughs> oh, I kind of want to die now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a puppeteer, voiceover artist, I also do on-camera work. And of course, theater, all that good stuff. It makes me happy. Yes, and we were so excited to have you. It seemed very appropriate to have you be part of our Convergence episodes because you are so important to the Convergence family because you were also the voice and primary handler of our Convergence mascot, Connie, and also Mark, too. So, mm -hmm. when did you start doing that with Convergence? Oh, like when they first man. came over with Connie, were you the original Connie? No, no. Uh, the original Connie was what? The first year of Convergence was when? Of like 20 some years? years ago? No, mm -hmm. no, no, that's right, because Mark II can also drink. Um, <laughs> so it's got to be 22 years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah, so Connie was actually there for okay. the first convention, mm -hmm. and then at the very, very end of the convention, they kind of did this out with the old, in with the new, and then that was Mark II. Ah. And so that was supposed to be a big joke, but everyone was like, no, we love Connie! <laughs> and, and so then they, they both became a part of the lore of oh. Convergence. Right, so for anyone who has not been to Convergence, do you mind giving us a little backstory of who Connie and Mark II are and how they became the mascots oh, of yes. this Convergence uh, ceremony. Um, the original mascots were created by Christopher Jones, who is incredible. Yes. He does so much amazing, um, uh, I would almost call it, uh, is it a comic book or is it graphic novel? Book. Like, how both. do you he do it? He does comic books and he also does graphic novels and he's Thank also you. a good friend of ours. Very talented. Yeah, I love we him. love our Chris Jones. Yes. We do. And woo. so he designed, woo! And so he designed the initial Connie and the initial Mark II. And there was also a uh, father figure also created, Professor Max, Mix, Professor Max McFiddle. Mm -hmm. And so he's the one who created both of the robots, but Connie just had this amazing attraction right. for people uh, based on kind of being like a 50s pin-up gynoid kind yes. of concept. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of the basic of it. So Connie is the one who's like all about convergence because she's programmed to be and she's super excited about everything and loves everything. And then her slightly evil sister, Connie Mark II, is supposed to be the improved version, but she got way more cynical right. and angry and quite honestly a lot more fun. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like one of those, like, who do you want to go to a party with? You want to go with Mark II, but you'd rather have Connie drive you home after the party. Because you'll probably make it home. Yeah, <laughs> right. So when you, uh, and when you are crafting your puppeteering, mm. is, do you get attached to the characters where you're like, I love voicing this particular character? Oh my god, oh yes, what a good question. Because um, 
your voice is it's just so much of who you are. Right. I mean, you can't hide things in your voice. If you're really sad, it comes out. Or if you're really happy, it comes out. So um, crafting the voices for them was really fun to do because they are sisters. So Christopher Jones um, helped me design the first Connie voice and, of course, then the Mark II voice. But we wanted them to sound similar enough so that they would be sisters. So they're familial. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then once you put a puppet on, it's a completely different experience. Right. Because then it's using, because we didn't have puppets. Um, I think the first time we brought the puppets out was five years ago. Okay. And so, I mean, back, back in the day, it was just a voice behind the screen. So you never saw anything. But now that you've got a puppet on, it's, it changes your physicality. It changes how the voice works. Because then you think about how the head is going to look, or is it like, you know how the sisters look at each other. It, it's I can go on about this forever. Right, but, which you may. And well, thank That's you. That's what we do on Reader Geek. Is that we have somebody <laughs> go on about something they love yeah. for pretty much as long as they're willing to talk <laughs> about it. So we appreciate that. But were you, from the puppeteering standpoint, was this your primary thing that you did every year that you puppeteered, and then it has turned into other puppeteering work? That is correct. Wonderful. It was. I remember, like, it was. I think it was a volunteer party where also I think like Tim Wick was like Don. What if you turn Connie into a puppet? And I was like, yes! <laughs> like, I have never puppeteered before. Right. I will figure it out. Well, and I didn't get the Connie puppet until literally the night before. So you had to practice, like, I had immediately, to like, just practice toss it to the fire. Learn everything. Now, how did you do that? Because we have <laughs> talked to some people since then who we know are very accomplished puppeteers and they are very, like, this is a craft. Mm. So, how, mm. what's the fast track to being able to do it effect effectively? The fast track of having to do it effectively is no, you have an audience in front of you in like 12 hours. I mean, and what's really challenging, particularly challenging about convergence uh, puppeteering, especially if you see us on camera, is everything is flipped and then it's flipped again. Yes. So that when we need to look that way, we have to actually look this way. Right. And then it, it is so messed up. <laughs> because when I say it's flipped and flipped again, we see the monitor, but what we're seeing on the monitor is what main stage camera is showing us. Okay. So we're not actually seeing the monitor. <laughs> right. Oh my God, it was so hard. It was so hard. and to be chucked into um, that type of situation with performance with like something I've never done before. But like knowing, oh, I have to make sure my eyes are pointing the right way. <laughs> and I have to make sure I'm looking. I mean, oh wow, I, I hurt so bad. Those puppets are heavy. Oh, well, I can imagine. <laughs> are, I mean, they don't seem heavy, but you hold it up, because then you're doing it on camera, and so you have to be like this. Right, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, to audio describe Don basically climbed under the table and held her arm straight. But I think it's it's good to give yourself that much credit for the physicality that is involved. Because um, even when we do see uh, puppeteers that work and we see them on television or even in person, when we see them in a black outfit behind their character, it still seems like, it, it, because you're so good at what you do, we forget that you're there. And that's the point. Right. That's mm -hmm. exactly the point. You should never notice the puppeteer, right. ever. And so like we talk with our um, onstage people and we're like, don't look at me, you look at her. Mm -hmm. And it, in that, that is the highest compliment you can give a puppeteer, is that I'd even see you. Wonderful, wonderful. And now we're going to look into some other parts of your yeah. career. Like, we talked about you being a voice actor as well, which is kind of the same thing, where there's so many projects that you work on that are really cool, but people don't know it's you. 
So what kind of products, projects do you as a voice actor enjoy doing? And are there things that you want to eventually add to your repertoire that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Now, what do I enjoy doing or what makes me money? Okay. That's two different things. Absolutely. So that's why I phrased it the way that I did. There are a lot of things that I do that don't make me money that I enjoy. Yeah. And then I do the other type of voice actor work that I do because it's what pays the mortgage and buys my child pizza. Right. So I yeah. understand that's exactly what you're saying. That's super important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, I, uh, uh, I'm so scared. Um, I uh, just recently pulled together my video game demo. Nice. And thank you. It's terrifying. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, once you have it, then it's like, now I can fail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, um, I have it ready. It's packaged to go. It's got three different versions of it. And, you know, it's like the long one is like seven minutes. The yep. short one is like 40 seconds or something mm -hmm. like that. So that is done. And thank you. And I do, as a as a fellow voice actor, yeah. I do think that that is one of the good things that has come out of what we had to learn during the pandemic. Oh my gosh. Is that those kind of products, uh, projects, weren't necessarily open to us if we lived in this market. Mm -hmm. But now, because so many people are working remotely, we do have a chance to, like basically, if we wanted to do video games, we had to move. If you wanted to do audiobooks, you could do that from everywhere, and they were kind of doing that. But if you wanted to do anime, you need to live in Texas. If you wanted or to do video Vancouver. games, you, or yeah, exactly. If you wanted to do video games, you kind of needed to be in LA still. Yep. And so now we do have an opportunity. If you have a great demo and a really good home studio, mm -hmm. then you can do a lot of products, uh, projects that you couldn't do before. It, it, absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, because the the you know the pandemic shutdown just really forced us to up our game at home. Yep. And then we had to not only become voiceover artists, but then we had to become editors, right. and we had to be sound designers, and producers, <laughs> and producers. Right, exactly. Oh wow, we learned a lot, didn't exactly. we? Exactly. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, one of the things, and I think this will be interesting that you brought it up, is that uh, people normally have these questions again about uh, being a voice actor in a video game because it is a cool gig. But it's a difficult gig. It is very hard. Exactly. And so do you mind giving all of our listeners just a little bit of that backstory about why those things are hard? And oh. why, I'm like, they, and again, they're hard, especially based upon, again, we love them, but they're not our best high paying thing. Mm -mm. No. No. Um, the script you get is really different. Because mm -hmm. um, the script will be the line and said frustratedly or right. something like that, or like with anger or... And, and you're not in the same room with the other actors. And so you just kind of have to be like, well, I'm angry. Except, you know, <laughs> I, you right. didn't get to hear the, like, as, as live performers, we, we bounce off each other so much. Mm -hmm. Like, it, in animation, like, um, cartoon animation, stuff like that, all those actors are in the same room. And they mm -hmm. record together, so they can bounce constantly. So you just kind of have to swag and hope. Mm -hmm. Like, is this what you wanted? And the thing that I think is interesting is that a lot of this stuff is created after you do it, so you have to give them a, a variety of takes. Yes. And self-direct in certain things. An animated you know, series, a lot of that time, it's due, it's that as well. Like, how much can I give the animator mm -hmm. or the designer or what we're doing where they're doing the game? It's not like they send you it and you have to do the opposite where you're initially doing match up to this lip flap and do this. Mm -hmm. It's, no, I have to create this character and then they're going to animate to you. Right, and then you hope you get music or some sort of tone mm -hmm. or do we have an idea of what this person looks like yet because that kind of helps. Right. Yeah. At least it does for me. I don't right. Know. I mean, I had to do like a Murfish woman and it was like, well, now that I know her lips are kind of like this, yeah, yeah I can do the voice more like this. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it does make a huge difference. It, yeah, so it's it's hard, but it's fun, and I do wish it made more money, but right. whatever. <laughs> I mean, at least it's more enjoyable than buy this couch and your life will change. I do a lot of welcome to this healthcare facility. You love to, you know, your, chil- your, your children will be so happy that you're in this very safe healthcare facility. <laughs> I do a lot of that, so I know what you mean. Oh, and I do, um, I do Shop HQ. Uh, God bless Shop HQ. They, so they are fed you me. on uh, on on air host at Shop HQ? No, oh. no, no, no. I do their voiceover, like the commercial bits. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a fun, but it's like you need to get this done in two hours. Yeah. It's like that quick of a turnaround, and if you're not attached to your phone, you, you miss a job. And I think that that's something interesting to share too, as a voice actor, is that that did that immediacy. Mm didn't happen as much before 2020, at least in my mm-hmm. uh, career and most of my other voice actor compatriots say the same thing. Like now they do kind of expect you to be sitting in front of your PC mm-hmm. 24-7, because for a minute we were. You know, for uh, it wasn't very long, but there was a second, like my voiceover work came back first. Oh, and yes. I had a pretty serviceable home studio that I had to like up my game, uh-huh. but at least I was 90% there you know, as a radio geek and a, and a podcaster, I had the stuff. I just mm. had to get better with the stuff I had and then reinvest in it. And some of our friends didn't have any of the stuff. I know some of those calls that were going out where people had no, they had mm-hmm. never self, they didn't even know how to do it ed- to edit anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so many like classes popped up, like right. pay us $300 and we'll teach you how to set up a home studio. And it's like, mm, you know. No, just call me, I'll come over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll help you put it together, and then you can decide if this is going to make you any money. Right. But I, you know, I do think it's interesting. Back to the physicality that you have in puppeteering, just kind of touching on the physicality that you do as a voice actor, especially if you're doing video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it, there's something about like the way you put your body is the way, or at least for me, is the way my emotions are going to fall, and I. I, I instruct, or I don't instruct, that's the wrong term. Um, I suggest that other people, like, if you're angry, really bring it in. Like, you got to be angry, so, like, do, do, see, it's already falling in my voice. Like, so keeping that physicality, some people think it's weird to be in a studio and still being gesturing broadly, but, again, you already heard it. It changes. Audio described on gesture broadly. <laughs> Well done, which is a thing now that, like, that a lot more of us get to do with describing all of the things. I don't have one of those gigs, but I have friends that do it. So I know. it's a value. Yeah, it's super Definitely cool. A value. Yeah, but yeah, your physicality changes your voice, and that's what's kind of fun. So um, when you, back to what's fun, I'm glad you used that word. Oh, good. Okay, if we're going by your, your pillars that you do, so we'll do the on camera, uh-huh. we'll do the puppeteering, uh-huh. we'll do the voice actor. Uh-huh. If you had to marry, death, kill those three things, which would, you know, man, oh, I would. What do you like both? I, uh, I I love puppeteering. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely marry that, and and I would absolutely love voice work, and I would absolutely kill on camera work. I agree with you. Tell me, least favorite thing of the things that I do. Uh, Right, but Mm -hmm. may I ask why? Um, for me, I feel like I have more control over my characters when mm. I'm doing the other two things. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's less based upon a particular standard that is out of my control. So as an actor, it's, you know, I get to, uh, it's harder to put on a character. Like, we are both fairly non-standard, although very beautiful women. Oh, very beautiful. Kind of thing. Oh, gosh, so I gorgeous. can see them going, 
you know, with me, they're like, when I decided that I was going to change my hair to a more typical hair pattern for me, mm -hmm. uh, I had to talk to my agent go, am I costing us gobs of money mm -hmm. by going to this more standard, less Eurocentric hair pattern? And I happened to have a cool agent that was like, do you take new headshots? And then I'm like, hey, I'm kind of enjoy my blue and the hair. Am I going to cost us gobs of money? If I do this, and she's like, no, take new headshots, which is not a thing that a lot of actors get to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was a choice to go, I'm no longer going to try and stay this middle of the road kind of manila and mm -hmm. then be a, so that I can turn into any character. If you want to throw gobs of money at me, I will put a character on top of me, but this is who I am. And then you can pay me to be the character instead of pretending to always kind of be the character. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. and so it I just sucks. decided not to do it. I, that that is so awesome. Yeah, when I cut my hair, because um, I do describe Don's hair, is very short yes. now. Um, I, I know I lost work. Yes. I lost, and now that I'm going with my natural curl, mm -hmm. haven't booked a thing since. Yes, and I, and you know, and I think sucks. it's, you know, and I think that for me, I was surprised, like some specific things that I said that I didn't think I'd book anymore, I have booked. So I think sometimes it's just take new headshots and just run with it and just do different stuff. And so I just, I presume, I do a lot of, just for anybody that's in the room or anybody that's listening, when I do on-camera stuff, I don't do a lot of, I'm the second mom in a Buffalo Wild Wings ad. Oh, Shout out to Buffalo me. Wild Wings. Yeah, see, that's why, oh. this is probably why I got to, I do things like, welcome to Optum Health, where you do your life's best work, and like a bunch of onboarding videos, or yep. the one that's training you when you work at the bank. And so I was like, oh, I have blue highlights and non-Eurocentric hair. I'm not going to get paid to do that anymore. But for what I do, it's on-camera spoke stuff, and it's turned into more of a, a lot of the companies that I was working with, like the Best Buys and the Targets, are broadening their That's body so styles. Awesome. They're doing all these things. They're hiring people that have tattoos. Now I have a friend that has a lot of tattoos that never used to get hired. Mm -hmm. And so they are expanding some of those things. So I was just very fortunate that I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get booked on this thing again. And I just decided to be at peace with it. And then I got booked for one. And so I was like, oh, okay. Good oh, job. Thank you very Congratulations. much. Credit union. For right, right. <laughs> so I'll take it. And I think that that's hard. But I do, you know, I've made an intentional manifestation to the universe. And I'm like, I'm going to put all my acting mm. into my voice acting. Because that's fun to me. You know, and we can do it forever. Yes, you can season into that. Yes, yes you, you can. can. Right. On camera, no. You get so stuck. You know, and I, I bring this up as a, you know, as ladies of a certain age, but ladies of a certain age who don't look our age, I feel like it's a positive, but it's also a negative. Mm -hmm. Because I don't get cast for anything that I am. Like a mom with a teenager and all this stuff, because I don't look like what they think a mom with a teenager should look like. But I'm clearly not 22. Right, right. right. <laughs> okay, oh, you're gonna laugh at this, and this is kind of geeky. I was doing a gig for Best Buy, and yes. it was an overnight shoot. Those are oh, horrible. They're oh, they're the worst. And I was only gonna be like, like extra in the background, and I was like, whatever. It was actually right before convergence. I'm like, I need money for the hotel, and so I'm sitting there, you know, playing my, I think my Nintendo handheld at the time, and finally there was like, oh, hey, Don, because they had this redhead boy, yeah. and they're like, we, we are gonna hold you so you can be a principal, and so you're gonna be the mom of this kid nice. and I was like yeah because that's like three times the money right. and I was like mm -hmm. yes I will stay here all night mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. later they're like 
held me, right? Still get paid. And then they're like, actually, Don, we're not going to use you because we don't think women play video games. And I'm sitting there. On your video game. I'm like, we don't? Like, yes. Oh, whatever. I got the money. Yeah. But I think that's interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because there are so many of those things. And yeah. one of the conversations I was having last night uh, in the Convergence Lobby Bar was talking about how things have changed but still stayed the same. And that as a woman in geekdom, there still are these unspoken now, they used to be overtly spoken, oh, yeah, but they still were. these unspoken tropes that I think Convergence, particularly in the last five to seven years, have actively done a much better job than a lot of you know cons of dispelling those and working to build this geekdom and make it a space for um, our female and female presenting um, geeks, our LGBTQIA plus geeks, and making oh. it a much better space for that. Convergence which, has done so well. Yes. So well. Yes. And, brief, and, and honestly, I feel like there were some generational jumps that happened. Because I know it wasn't like this when I first moved to Minnesota. Mm. This was not an inclusive geekdom, geekdom for, in my est estimation, when I first moved here. So it's gotten much better. So what do you think as someone who is on the performer side of things, but also someone who does do a lot of the typical geek things that then were, that they're told, well, you don't do that because women don't do this or girls don't do this. And, but you're like, but I'm literally doing it in your face. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, I started playing D&D when I was seven mm -hmm. with my brother, because he had no friends. <laughs> and so, like, that was the first time I played D&D, and I remember even growing up, like, I, I fell in love with the Transformers. Yes! And um, I'm like, I want a Transformer. My parents were like, that's a boy's toy, you can't have that. And I'm like, oh, fine. Uh -huh. But, I mean, so when... A place that will not be named um, in St. Paul, mm -hmm. which has a lot of open gaming. Like, I have shown up there for some of the society events. Right. And, like, right away, I'm like, I get shoved into the girls' table. Mm -hmm. and which is not bad, because quite honestly, I'd rather play with them. Yeah. And, and but, some of us are really good. You know, kind of right, <laughs> right. I mean, and it's just in kind fact, of. I'm the best paladin in our game. I believe it. <laughs> I, I just try to blow everything up. I can't uh, help it. I kind of see that. Anyway. I, I can't that, help yeah. it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, to be going to those situations, or, like, I learned not to wear a cute dress yeah. or not to wear makeup mm -hmm. so that people would actually talk to me. It's like, and take it seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, how sad. Exactly. Like, I was wearing this, like, really cute dress one day, and I went into a gaming store, and nobody spoke to me. Right. Like, nobody. Like, I didn't even exist in that store. And I'm like, well, fine, I won't buy anything. And, you know, but it's weird. It's frustrating. And it's it sad. Is, yes. And it's like, yeah, I can roll dice. Mm -hmm. I know which each of the dice are. I'm a very, very appropriate dice goblin at this point in my mm -hmm. journey. I have mm -hmm. too many dice. Oh, so, well, okay, yeah. But, yeah, that's but, normal. And I, I know. And so, Don, yeah. I need two things from you. One, Ooh. I want you to promise that you'll come on my podcast. Oh, my again. God, please. Yes, please, please. Second, I warned you about this last night. It's yeah. now time that you're going to tell everybody where they can find you and how they can support and amplify what you do. Oh, that's so nice. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, well, there is donkrasnowski.com, but, you know, Krasnowski is a horrible last name. Um, <laughs> I think it's beautiful. It's just <laughs> complex. And it's very. <laughs> and, uh... 
we are also relaunching Boozy Baking. Yeah, Boozy Baking is at Clever Girl Productions. Um, we do have a YouTube channel that's under Clever Girl, okay. and uh, then you look for Boozy Baking, and then you can find our episodes. We make a lot of mess. We love it. We love it, and we love you. So everybody, oh, listen, can you, we everyone. please get a round of applause oh, for our friend Dawn? Thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to be on again. Yes, and we will have you on again soon. So for everyone else out there, if you would like to learn more, again, go to DawnKronowski.com. <coughs> you can also, I know, sometimes words are difficult. And thank you very much for joining us on this episode. Thank we appreciate you. you being our geek because everyone is a geek about something. <laughs>